All right, welcome to another episode uh, of this podcast. I'm Sacred Eagle. This isn't going to go up on YouTube, but the links will be there and everything. Subscribe to me if you're hearing this from somewhere else and you haven't subscribed. But let's just talk about this real quick. This is, I don't know, this might be a short one. I, I, I truly don't know at this point. I just want to talk about the frustration that's brewing within me because of what I have recently heard regarding Jeffrey Lurie and the Eagles. And I, I'm on Jeffrey Lurie's side here because I understand. I understand what is happening and why it's happening. There are so many articles that I'm going to go through like a few of them and I'm going to open up another tab to do that. But just overall, we, we've talked about it. I've talked about it a little bit in my own video. And there are a lot of other Eagle YouTubers that I watch uh, that I talked about it, shared their, you know, had their little two cents. I, I condensed it into four minutes. This is going to be a longer, just full-on explanation, full-on, just all out everything, just explaining how I feel about this because it's – this is where we're at. Not even three years removed from the Eagles winning their very first Super Bowl and their first NFL championship since 1960. And Jeffrey Lurie brought it to us. Jeffrey Lurie's not been very happy with the football team, which, go figure, not a lot of people have been. But it's gotten to the point where he hasn't been, you know, fully attending practices. He's been skipping practices. And not only has he been skipping those practices, but he's also been leaving early. And he didn't even show up to the Cleveland Browns game last week in Cleveland. That's how frustrated and upset he is and disgusted he is with this football team at this point where he skipped the football. We don't know the last time he missed out on an Eagles game as an owner of the Eagles. I don't think he ever has. He most likely has never missed out on a game. So so for an and just in general for an owner to miss to not miss to skip to purposefully miss your own team, the team that you own, the team that you invest your own livelihood into. This is your livelihood. This is your this is your baby. You're the owner of a football team, and they are so bad that you don't even feel it's necessary to attend their game just to watch them lose in the same fashion that they've lost five other games this year. And seven other games the year before, and seven other games the year before. This is I, I've spoken about it so much because every single week I've found myself in a video saying the same exact line that 2017 is slowly growing to be more and more of a fluke, and not just a fluke, but an anomaly, just some random event that just happened somehow. The Eagles managed to win Super Bowl 52. I don't know how it happened because we're again, we're that was 20 February 4th, 2018. As of me recording this podcast right now, it is it is late November 28th, 2020. L nearly 3 years later, not even 3 years later, 2 and 2 thirds, 2 and 3 quarters. And this is where we're at. Now, I, I, on the Philadelphia Inquirer, let's see what they've written about it here. Actually, it's not even loading for me, so we're going we're gonna to have to go to another. Let's go to NBC Sports Philadelphia. 
and talk <laughs> see what they've been saying. Well, Lurie's frustration is growing, and according to Philadelphia Inquirer's Jeff McLean, who reported on Saturday night that Lurie, or Saturday afternoon, Jeffrey Lurie skipped the Eagles game in Cleveland. While an Eagles spokesperson told the Inquirer that Lurie didn't attend the game in Cleveland because he was planning on visiting with his mother for Thanksgiving and wanted to be cautious during the coronavirus pandemic, according to the two teams that Lurie's absence was widely believed at the NovaCare complex to primarily be an extension of his feelings about the Eagles team. And that's not the only time Lurie has repeatedly shown frustration about this Eagles season. Here's another bit from the Inquirer story. In quotes, Lurie also has been at recent practices and has left various workouts early out of disgust, the sources said, end quote. This has been a miserable miserable year for the Eagles. And while they're still in the hunt to win the NFC East, only out by a game now that Washington has won on Thanksgiving, they could also fail to win or finish in last place in what might end up being the worst division in NFL history. Now that's just like one half of the article alone. Because I, I truly like... This goes to the rest of the team now. Now, now, now I'm going to focus on the rest of the team, like the coaches and the players, because what is there for Jeffrey Lurie to be discussed about? You go down the list. Your head coach and his play calling and his decision-making, the injuries, the pandemic, your quarterback's play, your defense's play. I mean, there's so much wrong with this team that I don't blame Jeffrey Lurie for skipping the Cleveland Browns game, whether he wanted to meet up with his mother a little bit earlier and due to the coronavirus pandemic was a little extra cautious about, you know, traveling. I mean, Cleveland's not that far of a flight. It's really not. It's not that far of a flight. And this game, this game was the week before Thanksgiving. Now, of course, maybe his mother lives somewhere outside of Philadelphia, somewhere where he actually does have to travel a good amount. But that idea alone, to me, does not line up at all. Especially when you bring up the fact that he's been leaving practices and workouts mostly pure out of disgust for how bad the team is. When you put that together, that's putting two and two together right there. And if you're a smart individual, or at least somebody who can easily understand, that is the sign of somebody fed up with the team, fed up with the quote-unquote leadership in multiple areas from, I don't know, maybe the quarterback area, head coach, defensive coordinator, offensive assistants, because we have no offensive coordinator, maybe with GM Howie Roseman. A lot of guys that we as fans and others in the media have been giving a lot of criticism towards due to the lackluster performance of not just this year, but of the past two seasons after the Super Bowl. In 2018, and I've spoken about it before, and again, I'll sound like a broken record. In 2018, I had the Eagles going like 11-5, and 12-4, winning the division and being a potential number two seed up there with, at the time, the Saints and the Rams, who were the top two teams in the NFC. That's what I thought. That's what I believed. But no. But, but, but no. The team was under... Achieving. Not overwhelming, very lackluster, slow to start, slow to score. Defense struggled immensely. 
we ended up nine and seven. Injury filled season once again. Very disappointing, but at the same time, we still won a playoff game. We made the playoffs, won a playoff game, almost won the second one that almost launched us to our second in a uh, NFC Championship appearance in a row. We were six points away from that, so you can kind of let 2018 slide despite everything, right? Of course, because not all the issues were based off of you know Carson Wentz's poor play. Carson Wentz didn't particularly play badly in 2018, despite what the record might show. He was five and six as a starter in 2018. Whether you want to, you know, whether you want to say that that's all on him or not, he played through a back injury, which that most likely is definitely on him for not saying something about it. But everything else, he had no wide receivers until they drafted, they 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 traded for Golden Tate, and he didn't really perform very well until the playoffs, until the end of the season. <clears throat> Fast forward to 2019, and it's another injury plague season. Your whole uh, wide receiver core, Alshon Jeffrey, Nelson Aguilar, Deshaun Jackson, all down with injuries. You still had Zach Ertz. You had Dallas Goddard, who was an up-and-coming star, who performed very well in 2018, got more snaps in 2019. Miles Sanders and uh, Jordan Howard were a good one-two punch out of the backfield. Welcome back to Jordan Howard, by the way. We don't know if we'll see him this year, but who knows? He's on the practice squad. Good luck to him. Your offensive line wasn't that bad, but your defense was not good. And Carson Wentz had to beat, barely beating out his division in another NFC East that was very lackluster. Not as bad as this year, but pretty bad. Barely beating them out in the last four games, propelling us to the playoffs, only to get knocked out. But it's not the it's not the season that you'd want. And, and that's what frustrates me the most. Like I, I can't just look I can't look back at twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen and say, Oh yeah, we went nine and seven, made the playoffs, won a playoff game, had a couple playoff appearances. It's all it's all good. We won a division, right? No. I can't just settle for that's good enough because it's not. It's not good enough, especially after a year where we won the championship, we won the Super Bowl, and we were given the idea, we were given this this vision that this was the new norm. And that those were Doug Pearson's words himself. This is the new norm that Philadelphia would be a just powerhouse, a powerhouse in the NFC, in the NFC, in the NFL. That the NFL would have to run through Philadelphia for the next couple of years. That we would be at the top of the line, one of the best teams in the NFL. That's not the case. And this year has been thrown into – it's just been thrown into overdrive with how bad the team is from a coaching standpoint, from the players and how they play, execution, you, drafting, you name it. It has not been good. It has not been good at all. And Jeffrey Lurie skipping a Browns game for whatever reason you might want to say it is for or whatever reason he might have had, does it, that shows – I, I don't like bringing it up or at least comparing two owners like this, especially with this guy that I'm about, I'm about to mention. But I mentioned it in my video that Jerry Jones, I don't think I can recall a time where Jerry Jones skipped a Cowboy game. No matter how bad the Cowboys were, I don't think that I've ever recounted, I don't think I can ever recall a time where he truly was not able to make it to a game. I might be wrong because, again, I'm no Dallas Cowboy fan and I don't like Jerry Jones. I don't care for him. But that's just me. I don't think I've ever heard of a time where Jerry Jones hasn't been there for a Cowboys game. 
Jeffrey Lurie skipping out on this game says a lot. And is that something to be worried about? Is that something that we have to look at and take into consideration moving forward? You bet your ass, 100%. I, I've already been calling for it. A lot of people have been calling for it. There are most likely going to be 100% changes to this organization from a personnel standpoint in coaching and in in general management, scouting, everything, and then to the players that play the game. We all know who they are and who the people that we want out. J- Jason Peters, you, 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 Carson Wentz is a question mark at this point because – Again, I have strong feelings about Carson Wentz, especially this year in particular, but a lot of that blame for his struggles, you can't take away that Doug Peterson hasn't put him in any good position to do anything better. And and I don't want to shift blame, but it's the truth. And then you want to shift blame further. The three guys that I really look at that I want to see potentially gone, Doug is up there. Jim, well, let's say four. Jim Schwartz, potentially, it's just because of the scheme half the time. He doesn't make the right call. He blitzes on the wrong times. He plays way too soft in coverage. Those little things, you could change those, but he's like Doug Peterson. He doesn't want to, so you can put throw him up in there. Carson Wentz, you can potentially throw him up there, but it'd be tough with that contract that, that we've signed him to. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but for sure – the one person that I've been wanting gone after ever since 2018, that season ended, Howie Roseman. I'm sorry, but Howie, he did not do anything. He did not do nearly enough to help out the Eagles last year. And then from, the, from drafting this season to now, I, I can't see any reason why I'd want to keep him here. Because I haven't seen anything that that tells me that he's that 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 thing that he did that helped out the team. Whatever it was, one hundred percent helped out this team. It was a good decision. I haven't said those words once since we got Golden Tate in a trade back in twenty eighteen. Legitimately, one hundred percent. And there's so there there have been so many um, missed opportunities by Howie Roseman to capitalize on a situation. This past draft was wide receiver. Heavy, you could draft any wide receiver, almost any wide receiver, and you would be given a thumbs up because they would have helped out so much. Dependent on what you needed the most out of a wide receiver. While, yes, the Eagles needed speed, we haven't had an all-around great wide receiver in nearly two decades since Terrell Owens. And that was only for a year. We haven't had anybody amount to that level of greatness don an Eagles midnight green jersey since 2004, 2005. And we had the chance this past season to get somebody this past offseason, getting somebody like CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, anybody, Jerry Judy, you name it, Henry Ruggs. There were so many people on the board. But instead of utilizing that second-round draft pick to catapult yourself into the top 15 or beyond, maybe the top 10, to solidify that you are landing one of those guys, you you stood your ground and looked over Justin Jefferson and said, Jalen Rager. 
And not only did you do that, but in the second round, instead of getting a linebacker or anybody else, you drafted at a position where we have been okay in for the past two years, and that is a quarterback position. There have been no true significant reason to draft a quarterback behind Carson Wentz in the past four years. In the past, especially when you got rid of Nick Foles, you let him go to Jacksonville after 2018 was ended. You could have just signed a backup like Andy Dalton. Instead, you wasted a pick on Jalen Hurts. But now it's turning out to potentially be a very good pick because of the way Carson Wentz has played. But that, but that fact alone that you could have done so much more, and if Carson Wentz had been struggling, guess what? You put in the backup, you sign a backup, and you 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 sit him down and you let him get over it, fix what's going on. But no, he's still the starter because we drafted somebody that isn't ready. And as much as you could see it in the way that Doug Peterson answered his questions earlier this week, when he was questioned about Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz, who's the starter moving forward, you could tell the consideration on Peterson's face. There was there was some thought that he had to try and cover up immediately because he screwed up. He done fucked up and stuttered his way through before saying, no, 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 he's our starter. Yes, he's our starter. Carson Wentz is our starter. And J- Jeffrey Lurie, I- I'm telling you, man, he can't ca- he can't take it anymore. He can't take it anymore from the press conferences, from the way the players are performing, from the way these head co- from the way these coaches have been managing the games, how they have been prepping for these games. I'm telling you that these game plans that they are they're trying to do with Doug Peterson and these all these offensive, uh, what are they? I don't even know what they're called. Uh, assistance, offensive assistance. I don't even know. We have no offensive coordinator to help get a good strategy against any team that has a weakness. Whatever team has a weakness, we can never take advantage of it. And I, I, I don't get it. And and, and I, I talked about him earlier. Shout out to Joey Shakes. He's been killing it with his videos this year, and he, he's been my go-to guy to watch these these you know discussion videos on the Eagles, but. At this point, you might as well just get it over with and cut, not cut, fire Doug Peterson now. Get it out of the way so you can figure out who you want to hire that will be okay with what you want to do, which means let the offensive coordinator, actually hire an offensive coordinator. Let said offensive coordinator call the plays. Help strategy, help manage just everything. Like, there's so much to fix. And the fact that Jeffrey Lurie is skipping games, skipping practices, and is disgusted with his team and with his organization, with his product, says more than enough to me that there have to be changes to be made. doesn't matter if there was a pandemic or not that shifted the way the offseason was supposed to be. doesn't matter because this has been – Something that has been brewing for two years ever since February 5th of 2018. Because that was the start of the honeymoon phase where we won the Super Bowl, we're champions. Moving from then to now, this team has been nothing 
but a cocky, arrogant uh, organization led by a coach that does not want to change his ways, led by a quarterback who believes he's invincible, led by a general manager that hides in the shadows and does nothing to help this team succeed. And we cling to the veterans because they're Hall of Famers, because they have so much sentimental value to us as an organization, to the fans, but they are not helping the cause. And I'm telling you right now that Jeffrey Lurie, he is going to make the changes necessary, and I am on board, and I cannot wait any longer. And after the Seahawks beat the Eagles on Monday night, we better see something happen. We better see something happen because we're going into December. Whether this team wants to continue to believe in themselves and say that they're going to win this division or not, open your eyes to the fans that still believe and to Jeffrey Lurie and those in the organization, the players like Miles Sanders who have spoken about it in very subtle ways, a change has to be made no matter what the outcome of this year is. And I hope to God, I hope that it, it's a disaster the rest of this year. So the changes that need to be made get, get put on full blast so we can truly accept what we are here in Philadelphia, stop clinging to the past, and stop holding on to hope, false hope. The Eagles need to act, and they need to act now. And that means Jeffrey Lurie needs to take control of his organization that's all i'm gonna say it's a short little podcast tonight i'll see you guys in my next couple of videos most likely on monday unless if we get some more news tomorrow i'll see you all then thank you all for listening subscribe to my youtube channel sacred eagle and i'll see you then fly goes fly as always and peace out you guys